A man just tries to go to the bathroom one day, but instead he finds himself embroiled in a true crime caper. What happens when a paranormal researcher decides to help you find a little bit of love? And then we take a look at the story of a man who seven years ago publicly claimed that this would be the year, 2021, that the world would finally know the truth about UFOs. And the United States Congress agrees with him. Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. I hope you guys are having a great day too. We have a ton of stuff to cover. You guys heard that intro. We got a bunch of stuff to cover. We got to get started right away. First off, let's give a shout out to one of our legacy Patreons, Caleb. Caleb is practicing his archery moves. I don't know. (laughs) He doesn't even have a bow. He's just mimicking it. Caleb, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you can't support the Patreon, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about the show. Really, really helps out a lot. Also, I never plugged this. I have a merch store as well. A lot of you guys are buying merch. Totally awesome. Want to look cool in some Dead Rabbit Radio swag. And I had to update it. If you've ever gone to the merch store before, it was formatted wrong, so it only looked like there was two or three things. I fixed it. We have tons of shirts and hoodies and coffee mugs and all sorts of cool stuff. Caleb, I'm giving you a real bow and arrow, and I just put it away because we don't need it for this episode. I'm also going to give you the keys to the Jason Jalopy. We are leaving behind Dead Rabbit Command. We are headed out to Jefferson Parish. Louisiana. Car is speeding down the highway. It's July 3rd, 2020. We have an address for this place, so if you ever want to revisit, if you want to be a part of true crime history and you live in Jefferson Parish, you can check this out. So this story takes place on the 5100 block of Citrus Boulevard in Elmwood, and I'm assuming it's some sort of department store. It's just a guess. There's, It's not a private residence because there's people working there. I guess you could have a maid or something like that, but the story doesn't make sense. The story doesn't make sense. It's a public place. We're just going to assume, because they don't actually give the location, we're going to assume it is some sort of department store. But people on the ground, you intrepid journalists, you intrepid Dead Rabbit Radio listeners in Jefferson Parish, go to this place, get your camera phones ready. Don't actually leave those at home because those are involved in this story. Also, I want to say this as we get started. Allegedly, everything is alleged in this story. It's July 3rd, 2020, and an unnamed employee of said department store, which could be a Taco Bell for all I know, but an unnamed employee needs to go to the bathroom. So he walks into the men's room, sits down, is doing his business, and he looks at that small gap between the door and the stall wall. There's a little gap there. He notices something. He sees uh, like a cell phone being held up against that small gap. Now, there's no excuse for that. There's no logical explanation you could have for why your cell phone would be in that gap hole other than you're a pervert. So this unnamed employee, let's just call him Tony, he kicks open the door. He goes, it's great that you're a pervert because I want to beat you up. He comes around and the per it is a pervert because he immediately runs away. But before he can get far, our intrepid employee slash animated tiger grabs this pervert this is a great product placement for frosted flakes picture tony the tiger for the rest of the story he grabs the phone grabs the phone from this guy and the guy guy the guy looks he's dressed up like the hamburglar he goes off running and tony's chasing him through the store and the pervert gets away and then tony realizes he's holding this dude's phone who had been taking pictures of him going to the bathroom so he does 
two things, and I would argue he does them in the correct order. First off, he deletes the photos of him from the phone. He's like, doop, doop, boop. Done and done. The evidence of that crime is erased, and then he calls the police. Now, you go, Jason, that's actually the wrong order. He should call the police and not delete the evidence. There shouldn't be an order. There should just be one step. Call the police. Because if this guy committed a crime, and you're deleting evidence of the crime... But here's the thing. Do you really... This is, this is a very rational decision that this guy made. Do you really want to go to trial and you have to testify against this guy? They're like, is the man in the stripes and the man in the black and white striped suit with the little mask, is that the man he's wearing a cape to? Is that the man who took photos of you? You go, yes, that is the man. And then they would go, exhibit A, here's naked photos of the witness on the stand. He's like, I'm getting rid of these photos. So he deletes the photos of himself. He calls the cops up. The cops show up. And the cops are looking at the phone, and sure enough, even though Tony the Tiger's photos have been deleted, there's other photos and videos of other dudes. So there was enough evidence to track this guy down. The police see that there's multiple photos of, of nude and partially nude men in the, in the public restrooms, which is weird, because I've never taken all my clothes off in a public restroom before, but apparently some people do, because there's full-on naked photos of these dudes. So the police are able to track down this man... His name's John Coleman. He's 42 years old. Previously worked at McDonald's. Got fired for stealing all those hamburgers. John, allegedly, we don't actually know if he stole all those hamburgers. John Coleman, 42 years old. The police go to his house. John Coleman opens up the door. They find more photos. That's not all. They find more photos of other men. They find more than a dozen phones full of photos. So it's not just like he had like a CD-ROM of them that he'd been collecting since 1988. He was taking so many photos of dudes, he was filling up smartphones. So they have hundreds and hundreds of photos and videos of naked and partially nude dudes around Jefferson Parish, Louisiana. If you are a man and you're listening to this show in Jefferson Parish, and if, you ever, if you've ever, if at any point in your life, you've ever used the public restroom in Jefferson Parish, this guy may have a photo of you, bro. And to top it all off, he was arrested on December 9th of last year. They let him go. They let him go. It's December 10th. They're like, oh, you know, um, wait for your trial, which will be whenever, you know, because COVID's going around. So we're not really holding a lot of those. This dude is walking, allegedly, no, he's really walking free, but again, these crimes are alleged, innocent until proven guilty. However, however, if I lived in that town, I would wear, like, extra clothes. And you're like, Jason, you still have to go to the, you still have to take, <laughs> whether or not you have on four pairs of underwear or one pair of underwear, you still gotta remove them, you still gotta, like, move your junk around to get it out to pee. Sure, yeah, but... It would just look all lumpy and stuff. Maybe you wouldn't want to take a picture. I would draw, like, gross stuff all over my junk. He'd be like, ugh, gross. And I'm like, <laughs> And i go, oh, no, I have a date tonight, and this stuff is permanent marker. Crazy story. Crazy story. It's funny, because recently I read another story about a man. I don't remember where this was at. I think I read it in a book of, like, wacky facts. I really, I thought I read it online. I spent, like, 20 minutes looking for it before I started recording this episode. This guy 
I don't remember where it was at. I think it was like Malaysia or something like that. But I, I don't I don't know. I just remember. I don't know why I even think it's over there. The, he, this guy worked at a women's restroom. Uh, Caleb, go ahead and fire up the uh, Dead Rabbit Robo. Let's go to Malaysia. Caleb's like, hey, are you sure it's even in Malaysia? I was like, I don't know, but let's just go there. There was a man who worked at a place. Super vague because, again, it might be Mandela Effect. I might have dreamt this stuff. <laughs> I might have had a dream. But I'm pretty sure I read this in a book. I just couldn't find it anywhere online. This man had, like, he had this uh, business, and the women's restroom had this um, platform. So women would step on it to look in the mirror. And you're thinking, how big is this mirror? How short are these women? Well, it didn't matter. The platform was actually built in front of the mirror. So to even get to the sink, you had to step on top of the platform. It was very poorly designed. If you're not a pervert... But if you're a pervert, it's genius because what this guy did was he built this raised platform that women had to step up on to like wash their hands and look in the mirror. And he would slide into the platform. He would be underneath it and he would look up at the women like that's way so that's that's like so perverted. It's impressive. That's so gross. You're like, oh, God. I mean, this guy's reinvented the peephole. Like, that's one thing. Like, the porkies, you just drill a hole in the wall. That I mean, it's all, cr- it's all criminal. It's all crimes. But at a certain point, it's the difference between a guy who, like, mugs an old lady and the guy who's, like, wearing, like, a military-grade exoskeleton ripping a safe out of a bank. They're both stealing money, but one of them's more impressive. I don't know. He got caught. But again, that story may not even exist. I'm pretty sure I read it in a book of wacky facts recently because that's what I do with my free time. And here's a weird little spin on this. I saw this the other day. This is real. So that's always insure- That's always reassuring, right? There was this series of videos that the South Korea... Because this is a real problem. Like, I know I was kind of giggling about the platform thing, but I'm just... I'm not... I'm not supporting his perversion, but I am impressed by his ingenuity. If he could put that towards building a better mousetrap, the world would be a greater place. But South, it's, it's a problem, right? Could you imagine if, like, nude photos of you got leaked? It'd be horrible. Actually, you know, this story, This now the story's going to take a real grim turn. A friend of, uh, I, I'm not going to go into detail of how I know this person, but... A friend of a friend, I guess would be a good way to say it. She was, had to be like 16 years old. And she gave her nudes to her boyfriend. And then her boyfriend shared them with another girl. And within an, a couple hours, they were spread to four or five people. And she killed herself. That happened last last uh, year or the year before? Like, I don't want to give more details than that. Because it's per, like, I know these, I didn't know that girl or any of the people involved in it. But I'm like two people away from them horrible the reason why i bring that up is that it's an issue and it seems to be a big enough issue in south korea like these upskirt videos and these peeping tom videos when these footage of these women and and men as well are leaked people uh get embarrassed they get mortified and they commit self-harm or they kill themselves and it's such an issue in south korea the south korean police department has created their own voyeur videos they're like, what? And the police are like, oh, this is such a problem. We're going to do it too. That'll show them. No. They leaked these videos online. They're creepy. I had to watch them with the sound down. So 
what it is, it's a video, it's their upskirt videos. So they're like videos of girls going up on like an escalator and like the guy will put the phone under her dress. Or there's a video of like the, what was the other one? I think there was one of a girl in a bathroom. And then like the escalator one, you're watching the girl go up the escalator and it's like trying to film her butt and all that stuff. And then she gets off the escalator before the cameraman. And then the, because it's like first person, it's like a smartphone is video. It's like a real voyeur video. But then when you get, because you're the voyeur, you're the pervert in this situation. When you get to the top of the escalator, she's standing there and she's a ghost. And then she jumps at you. It's like a, it's, it's like a jump scare ring video. And then it says, do you want to be the one who causes her to kill herself? And they have a couple of them. I, I'll put it in the show notes. But there are videos of, like, I saw a compilation because I was reading a news article on it. They're basically the ring videos, but they're also upskirt videos. So you down, they, they put them onto the web and you would, onto porn sites and you would download them. And they're creepy. Like, they're legit creepy stuff. But, Caleb, I'm going to toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. We're leaving behind this bathroom in Jefferson Parish. We are headed out to, do we have enough time for this? I think we do. We're headed on out to a little cafe, a little cafe known as Love Town. Taking the dirigible and we see this little cafe known as Love Town. It's not a real cafe, it's symbolic. It's a metaphor for the love we're about to embrace. So as Caleb's piloting the Dead Rabbit dirigible, I pull out my laptop and I'm clicking on stuff, click, 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 hear my mouse moving, I'm doing that type of stuff. And you're just <laughs> this is super boring, bro. I didn't listen to your podcast to sit and watch you be on a laptop. Well, the reason why I'm on a laptop, we're going to paranormaldate.com. This is a place where you can find the woman or man of your dreams. And they like ghosts, bro. They've all taken the boo pill. And we're just looking for love. And not only that, this site has a reputation because this site is actually endorsed by the George Nori. Now, I'm a big Art Bell fan, and I know I'm in, people may see I'm a contrarian or a hipster, but I actually am a huge fan, an equally huge fan, of George Nori. George Nori was the one who kept me company when I was lonely and in a bad state of mind. I always knew that Coast to Coast AM would be there for me with George Nori. So I have a big thing in my heart for George Nori. I love him. I love him. But <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is so ridiculous. George Nori, the host of Coast to Coast AM, the granddaddy of all paranormal podcast radio. None of this would exist without Art Bell and George Nori carrying on his flame. George Nori started ParanormalDate.com. If you go to the homepage, which I recommend everybody to do, I recommend everyone to do this. I've been a member of ParanormalDate.com for about two weeks now. Completely cluttering my emails. ParanormalDate.com. The homepage is a picture of this sexy woman flickering like a ghost. She's like a blue ghost person. So I signed up for Paranormal Date, and I didn't pay for it. It's $30 a month, or you can buy like a year's worth for like 130 bucks and get a discount. Or it's like, uh, yeah, I think it's about 130 140 bucks. Otherwise, it's $30 a month, or what they say very helpfully, it's uh, only a dollar a day. Thanks, George Nori. <laughs> Thanks for figuring that one out for me. You can pay $30 a month, and you can find your soulmate. If you don't pay, you can send emails, but you can't read them. 
Um, it's basically useless. You have to pay. But you get, I, I've been getting all these photos, all this interest from these women. For some reason, they all fish. They're all hiking. I'm there to, for ghosts, bro. I'm there for ghosts. Where's the picture of, like, the woman kicking down the door of, like, the mausoleum and, like, disturbing the dead? Or the picture of the woman walking through the abandoned insane asylum? Where's that? No. They're all outdoorsy. They all love to hike and bike and fish and everything I hate. Absolutely everything I despise. They probably all love jazz as well. It's not all. That's not all. I mentioned this too. I don't even know if we're going to have time for the alien story. But I, I got to get through this. Conspiracydate.com is his other one. Is his other site. Now remember, ParanormalDate.com had the blue lady flickering. It was for people who are into ghosts. Conspiracydate.com is for people who are into conspiracies. So what do you think the front page of that would be? Of that site would be? Like, I don't know, like a sexy, a sexy detective, like a woman with a magnifying glass looking for clues or a sexy mummy. Because, you know, like who built the pyramids? That's a conspiracy theory or just something sexy, right? What's another sexy conspiracy thing? Uh, me. You can have me. You have a photo of me and I'm flickering as I'm recording the podcast. These, this is what they have to get you interested in conspiracy date. The, the reason why you're there is to have sex, right? You don't join a dating website for any other reason than to have sex. Or to meet people and get, pretend to get to know them and pretend to like their, what they are into and their hobbies and stuff like that and have sex with them. Sexy blue flickering lady for the ghost totally makes sense. This is what you're hit with when you go to paranormal date. I mean, this is what you're hit with when you go to conspiracydate.com. A photo of the moon landing. Not, 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 not Neil Armstrong, you know, bare-chested. No, it's just a photo of the moon landing. See, we all know it's fake, right? You're like, okay, Jason. I mean, it's not sexy, but it kind of... No, 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 you didn't let me finish. You didn't let me finish. Then there's a photo of a sign that says, stop, UFOs. So it's like a rotating thing. It's different than the flickering woman. And you're like, well, that's kind of weird. But maybe that's sexy. <laughs> maybe they're telling you to stop because the UFOs are too sexy for you to handle. Then, we get a photo of the JFK motorcade. We get on this dating site where you're looking for love. There's a close-up blurry photo of JFK and his wife minutes before a bullet penetrates his head. This is a screenshot straight from the Zapruder film on a dating site. But that's not all, because, I mean, they, they, whoever put the site together goes, Sure, that's sexy. One of America's presidents being shot in broad daylight in front of thousands of people. That's kind of sexy. But how can we turn that sexy level up? Conspiracy Day figured out how to do it. The last photo in this slideshow. So we have moon landing. We have a UFO abduction thing. We have JFK. And then it is a no joke on a dating website. It is a photo of the Pentagon after 9-11. The wreckage is still smoldering. It is a close-up photo of a giant gash in a building where hundreds of service men and women died on a, on a dating site. That is what is supposed to get you hot and bothered and ready to reach for your wallet to pay at minimum $30 a month. Actually, to be fair, they do have an $11 a month plan. The minimum isn't $30, but still, that's not romantic. That's literally, that is literally the definition of unromantic. The Pentagon. The Pentagon in ruins. 
I've never seen a self-aware bot before. But there's a profile of a 45-year-old woman on this site. She's holding a fish, of course. Her, her name is Scam. That's literally her name. I went to some review sites to see what other people thought about Conspiracy Date and ParanormalDate.com. Lo and behold, the reviews are terrible. If you go to the App Store, don't worry, this isn't the end of the episode. I will do another story. We don't have time for the Congress story, but I got a really cool, I figured out another one we're going to do, a cool monster story. If you go to the Google Play Store, it's a one out of five stars, and people are going, the app doesn't work. I pay $30 a month. I, I, I made this huge initial investment. I bought the annual thing. The app doesn't work. Fair. It sucks, but that's fair. But it doesn't say what the content of the site is because obviously I'm getting emails from people. I can't read them. I'm seeing a bunch of people holding fish. I don't like fish. I don't like the outdoors. I like women, and they're in the picture of the outdoors and holding the giant fish. So many women are holding fishes in these pictures. It's bizarre. What makes the story really weird, and this is really why I wanted to tell it. Sure, it's fun making fun of this website, but this is where we get into conspiracy territory. I have never heard of this before. When I went to, I found this other website that had reviews for par- paranormaldate.com and conspiracydate.com. There was a guy named Eugene File who did a review, and it was one star. And this is what the review he wrote is. Not what it says. I paid for this service because I heard about it on Coast to Coast AM and thought it sounded cool and heard it had a lot of members. In the six months I was on there, I met some pretty neat ladies, none of which ever heard of Paranormal Date. They were all from different dating sites that all just got thrown together. Other people were pointing out the same thing. So apparently, dating sites were stealing... I can't say ParanormalDate.com is specifically doing this. Allegedly, somehow, dating sites are scraping other data sites, taking the photos, taking the profiles, and posting them on their own dating sites. And if this is happening to ParanormalDate.com and ConspiracyDate.com, and I'm not saying George Norrie knows about this or is doing this, I don't even know if this is true. I do know there's a person with a giant fish named Scam who, that, that's just weird. And I do know that a lot of the times I get messages from people, and when I click on them, it says this user doesn't exist anymore. So there are people trying to use it as scams. That was one of the main complaints. Men were saying there's too many scams. Women were saying the quality of men weren't that great. My answer to that is, you went to a website, that <laughs> picture of the JFK assassination, what did you expect? Who did you expect would sign up for conspiracydate.com? But it doesn't matter, because if it's happening to the women profiles, I'm sure it's happening to the men profiles, and it makes sense. Because when I filled out my profile, I was like, I like ghosts. I think I even mentioned, oh, I'm almost guaranteed I mentioned the podcast, I'm constantly, I'm constantly advertising this. But everyone else was in a fishing and hiking and stuff like that, it had nothing to do with ghosts. So these sites are scraping each other taking these profiles and putting them other places. And that's your photo. That's all your personal information, how many kids you have. All that information that you put in there is being thrown onto other dating sites, apparently. And it makes you think, how deep does the rabbit hole go on this thing? Do all dating sites just have bots that are constantly stealing members' information and that way they can say, we got 10 million members, and they don't. The fact that somebody's personal information can be ripped from Match.com, thrown onto ConspiracyDate.com, 
And then when you message them, these women were getting the messages. It wasn't just their profile pics and their information. This guy was saying if this is if this statement's true, but other people were saying the same thing as well. They were messaging these people, and the women would be like, "Oh yeah, you know, you look cute. Sure, let's go out." And then they go on a date, and he's like, "So who do you th- who do you think was behind 9/11?" And she's like, "What? It's a weird first date conversation." He's like, I got some sexy photos, and it's just photos of rubble. Hey, hubba hubba, baby. Bizarre. Like, is there just... It would be one thing if it was just the information in the photographs to jump up the membership numbers, but this could actually... And again, this probably isn't... if, if, If what these people are saying is true, I don't think it's limited just to these, and I don't think that George Norrie has anything to do with it, but... The fact that you could email somebody on one and they get it on their Match.com or whatever profile. and Weird. That's spooky. That's spooky because if they're ending up on a conspiracy date, which seems quite mild, who knows what type of weird, sicko, pervert, <laughs> meet me in the bathroom.com dating service that could end up on. Who knows? That went much longer than I expected it to, so we're going to do the Congress thing tomorrow. Tomorrow you'll get to find out about aliens coming to Earth. You're like, dude, I might need to know that before tomorrow. No, 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 it's not going to happen until July, so you don't have to worry about it. Caleb, I'm going to give you the keys to the Carboner Copter. We are headed out to Fajardo, Puerto Rico. <laughs> the Carboner Copter's cut in blue lines through the sky. It's 1991. I don't, I don't have a day or a month for this story. So, yes, that does make it a little suspicious, but... It's afternoon. <laughs> it's even more vague. Is it 12.05? Is it 5 p.m.? We don't know. But I like this story. I really like this story. I got this from, think about it, docs.com. They got it from Jorge Martin in the magazine Evidencia OVNI, number 17. We've discussed a lot of stuff that Jorge Martin has presented. It seems to be fairly reputable UFO magazine. Think about it, docs.com always comes through, even though I'm making fun of the dates and the times. We do have the name of the person who experienced this. It's a young woman named Lucy Santiago. She's walking home from school one day, talking with her friends. Hey, did you hear about the new dating site? <laughs> did you hear about the new dating site, ParanormalDate.com? I heard it's totally cool. And as they're talking about this stuff, Lucy starts to feel weird. She starts to feel a little off. She kind of takes in her surroundings. She kind of looks around, and she notices that her friends are starting to talk really, really slow. (laughs) That's not helping with the runtime of the episode, but they're slowing down. They're talking really slow, and their bodies are slowing down as well. The cars driving on the road by them, driving (laughs) really slow. Their horns are all honk. Oh, it's <laughs> going on. It's going. This is the rest of the episode. Everything's slowing down, and that is when she hears coming from the sky above her <laughs> the loudest shriek she's ever heard. I know that wasn't the loudest shriek. Maybe I'll do something to it. Maybe I'll make it sound extra spooky in post. But ah, <laughs> the loudest, scariest shriek she's ever heard. That was what I was trying to imitate. She looks up in the sky. And then she sees a hole appear in the sky. What she sees beyond the hole is what she describes as the most beautiful blue sky ever. She is peering 
out of our reality into something of pure beauty. But remember the sound that made her look up in the first place. She's staring at this hole in the sky. Everything else is moving so slowly. No one else is reacting to this but her. She's looking up at that hole in the sky. And she sees crawl out of it. A bizarre, winged creature. It makes the hideous shriek once more. And then vanishes from view. The hole disappears. Everything begins moving as normal. She's the only one to have experienced this event. A truly terrifying story. Very, very short. But there's so many creepy elements to it. One, that it happened in the middle of the afternoon. Two, it happened with tons of witnesses around. The fact that she was surrounded by her friends would normally make you feel safe. But if they're not normal themselves, you could have a thousand friends there. If they're moving like molasses, can they help you? The idea of a portal opening up, something pouring out of its dimension into ours. Because it came out of the hole and disappeared. I don't know if, I don't know if that translated to my tale. It didn't just poke its head out and go, hello. It came out of the hole and began to fly away and then disappeared. So it, it vanished in our reality or simply became invisible in our reality. But I think the most unsettling part of this story, and we'll wrap it up like this. This story stuck with me. I read it a couple days ago. And it stuck with me. It's not the winged beast, because we cover those things, right? We got all sorts of monsters running around on this show. I don't know why this unsettles me so much, but it does. It's the fact that she was able to peer into a reality more beautiful than our own. I find that that deeply unsettling. I do know if you went to an alien planet, and like, I don't know, it rains diamonds, and the sun looks like a color of a berry blue Gatorade. That would be dope. I would think this is a cool place. I could hang out here. But nothing does it for me like good old sun setting on Terran soil. But even that alien planet, even if I was going to be like, okay, this is pretty cool. It's raining diamond and the sun's blue. That's still in our reality. Whatever this was, was coming out of something else, a dimensional portal. And to think that there's a dimension out there that's more beautiful than Earth, I find bizarre. You're like, Jason, you're so short-sighted. You're such... I am so Earth-first. I don't know if you guys know how much I really am Earth-first. I think humans are the best. And then ducks. Ducks are pretty cool, too. But I just find that deeply unsettling. Uh, But other than my pro-Earth philosophies... I think the most immediate creepiness of it is back to the what I was originally saying was the fact that you could be surrounded by people and still be helpless. She saw this thing and she alone experienced this, even though there were dozens of other people in the area. We always like to see ourselves as the heroes, as the explorers, as the main characters of these stories. But more often than not... We are simply the bystanders. That's just the reality. So it begs the question, how many times have you been out walking, hanging out with your friends, driving a car, and nothing happens? You get home, you have some pizza, watch some Buffy the Vampire Slayer, go to bed. But in the middle of all of that activity, you didn't notice 
the worried look on that young woman's face as she is staring up at the sky. You just drove your car right past her. You didn't even realize that anything had happened. You were the one who slowed down. And then everything returned to normal and you continued on your merry way. Little did you know, you were at ground zero for a dimensional invasion. You were there the moment the portal opened and the creatures poured out. You continued on your way, completely oblivious to what happened and to the look of utter terror on the only person who saw those creatures pour from the void. You went to bed that night content in the thought that the world was normal and would always be normal. But when you woke up, the world was different. It was invaded by bizarre winged creatures. Sure, you could look up at the sky and see that it had changed. You found yourself, along with every other human, in a reality underneath the most beautiful blue sky you've ever seen. But everything else these creatures brought to our planet was nothing short of hell on Earth. DeadRabbitRadio at gmail.com is going to be our email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. Twitter is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, and I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one, guys. Thank you.